Yo, what's going on, man? How's it going? Thank you guys for having me. Oh, yeah. In the hood, what's happening? Well, a brand new record's called Tell Me About Tomorrow. He's going to be hitting the road with a whole bunch of tour dates this fall, including tour dates and stops with Machine Gun Kelly all across the U.S. and hitting the U.K. and hopefully bringing it to Canada and sometime in 2022. We need him to get up here, come to Montreal, see this stuff live. Welcome to the show. There he is, Jaden, everybody. How's it going, man? How's it going, dude? I'm really excited. Like, you saying all that stuff for me is like me getting hyped up. I'm ready to see everybody in person. Is it, is it going to be weird to finally get on stage and perform these songs live for the first time properly? Yeah, it's, I mean, I had my first show at the Rock City um, with like 200 fans. We got to fly out across the country. So um, when I'm on stage, that's when I feel like most comfortable. Like everything else is the hardest part for me, like the preparation, the traveling. But being on stage is natural for me, man. I really feel like I was born to do it. Um, am I perfect at it? No, but I think that's the best part is that I'm not, you know, and I, I just love what I do. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, I'm listening to this record and it's it's really cool to hear guys like you and like Monson and a bunch of even like Young Blood, like bringing back guitars into more of a mainstream presence. Working on this record with Travis Barker, I mean, what was the process in the studio like and, you know, getting these songs together? I know he's producing the stuff and you're co-writer on a, pretty much every single song on the record. But how does the song go from inception to completion working in the studio with Travis? Yeah, um, we had like one writer really on the entire album, uh, Andrew Goldstein. And the best thing about Andrew is he really wants me. He like wants me to write and then him to perfect it. And that's kind of the same way with, with Travis. Um, we, we create every song from scratch. The only songs that weren't from scratch were probably Better Off Dead. That was a song that Black Bear mm -hmm. wrote um, with Lau. And I, I usually don't take songs and, and cut them that other people wrote. But I felt like it was a great opportunity uh, just because I have a lot of respect for Black Bear and, yeah. and Lau. So um, I, I thought I felt like I couldn't pass that up. But everything else is super organic, man. Like um, I... I and really centered in on melodies like that's something i'm really good at writing and so uh we'll start with like a melody or we'll start with a guitar riff and we just work our way up travis is the best at learning how to um delegate you know and and really just get everything in order and then he's straight up honest with me too if, if something's not cool he's like that's not cool and i'm like <laughs> all right <laughs> and i'm like yeah all right i trust you it took a while for me to you know drop my pride but as soon as i did the album became what it needed to be Totally. And I mean, you know, the sitting in the studio, just the guitar is so prominent on the record. Who was the main guitar player on this album? Andrew. Andrew. Andrew so we had Andrew Goldstein, Nick Long, um, who's another great guitarist and a writer as well. And then Thrasher, um, the engineer that had been working on us for the duration of the album. Those, those three did a lot of uh, uh, the main lead guitars. Funny enough, Travis actually did some. Travis plays guitar. And he'll tell right. you he doesn't play very well, but he's getting pretty good. <laughs> and uh, I think he's on a couple of other songs. I could be wrong. Talk to me about how you got connected with Andrew, because he's worked in the past with Demi Lovato, Celine Dion, Cody Simpson, some of the more sort of pop-oriented artists. How did that connection come about? It's really cool. Um, that's, like, that's like my favorite thing about what's happening right now is so many of these people have been making fantastic music in a genre that they necessarily don't like connect with the most. Like I started working with Andrew because of Travis, he, he connected us. He was like, he's this fantastic writer. We don't, I've only ever been in a, in a writing session with Andrew and Justin Tranter, only two people. Right. Um, wow. Like uh, we don't use a lot of writers. We don't do a lot of that because me and Travis really have a good connection. 
Um, but like and Andrew, one of Andrew's favorite bands is Finch, which is also like one of my favorite bands. Like Letters to You is like one of my favorite songs of all time. And nice. so like he he came in with like not much expectation because he didn't really know who I was because I didn't really have anything. But as soon as we had that first um, session, it felt like so natural. We ended up, we wrote Think About Me, I'm pretty sure, with the first song we did together, um, which is like my probably one of my biggest songs on the album. And then right after that, we did Last Time, and it just kept falling into place. Um, he's fantastic. We feed off of each other, and uh, he has something really special. He has a good knowledge, you know, of, of all those like rooted punk bands. At the beginning, <laughs> when we first started working, it'd be like... Uh, they'd be like playing something on the guitar and Travis would be like name off a band that it came from. And they'd be like uh, laughing and stuff. And I'd be like, ah, I had no idea. Let me, let me ask you this real quick. You, you grew up in, in a, uh, you know, Christian household. How supportive was the family of this path that you took? Were they like, Hey, whatever works for you, let's go do it. Or was it like, uh, dude, no, you're, you can't be doing this. It was uh, my my family like honestly like gave me the most support I think I, I could imagine. Um, they got a lot of hate for it. Like I I, cannot, I, I I like was in a, it's and it's also different because the faith I have is very different from like the faith that I like come from like where right. I live. They're very judgmental and like uh, don't really they're very closed minded. I my faith is very centered around my relationship with you know, uh, the person I think is all in, in charge and that's all it has to do with. I love everybody and I love everything. And I think that people need to stop um, putting themselves in position to like judge others. And so my, my mom and dad feel the same way. Um, they loved everything. Like they, they didn't tell me shit, dude. They, they were like, I just went to LA and they definitely missed me. My mom like cried every time I talked to her on the phone. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, they they believed in me, you know, and they know that I, I have a, a heart after people. And so um, when you're impacting people's lives and, and you're in, in, in the stories that I've seen and heard from uh, these kids that are like talking to me about my music, I, I don't I think that what I'm doing is is almost um, better than anything I could have been doing at home, you know. So right. uh, they've been amazing. Like genuinely, I couldn't say anything. A lot of people have that story of like, yo, my parents hated it, but my parents were there for me. And I really appreciate that. Well, look, I mean, hey, 9 million TikTok followers, you're connecting with somebody. <laughs> yeah, something like that, you know. <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I've been watching this Dave Grohl show about, you know, talking with uh, Pharrell and, and Miranda Lambert, and all of them have that same story of my parents were there for me. Yeah. And it's great to see. I mean, it, it does take the support. It does. You know, not a lot of people get that um, advantage, and so I, I definitely uh, understand its value, so... Uh, I like I have my mom with me here right now in L.A. Um, I don't really talk to my dad that much anymore, but regardless, I know they both support me uh, as much as they can. So it's nice. been it's been a great journey. And, and I got to say, you, you do touch people because uh, when the interview possibility came up, I told my daughter who's turning 18 next week and she's like, you got to talk to him. He's so good. He's so good. So there you go. That works. It's been it's been weird. You know, it's like. Uh, you see, it's because I started in COVID. You see, like this, you know, the numbers rising. You see, and but you wonder, like, is it really making an impact? And so, being able to recently see people in person, you know, telling me like, "Yo, you changed my life," or, or even just, "I love your music so much," is like, that's crazy. I never thought I'd be here. Yeah. 
when you were growing up, what kind of stuff were you listening to? Because I was reading that you were more into hip-hop and some classic rock. I like the fact that you referenced 5150 on the song Fucked Up, which is a Van Halen reference. Were you listening to Van Halen, like classic rock? Like, where did this pop-punk sound come from? The funniest part is, is like, and it really ties into kind of my whole story, uh, uh, which I think is like the most punk. Like, my, my story is very punk. It's like right. taking something that's shouldn't have been and made it like what i am and um i didn't grow up listening to punk music at all um that was like the first thing i told travis because i like wanted him to be aware like yo dude like i'm I'm not used to this um when we first signed um i listened to like skillet when i was like a kid which was like wow heavy metal band right yeah Yeah. i've interviewed them fun band fun guy fun lead singer john is great um i remember like something that i couldn't get over was like the fire um that they used at their shows so uh, yeah. But I, I listened to like I was a super insecure kid and like I, I didn't really fit anywhere. Um, so I listened to literally anything and everything everyone was listening to, you know, so that put me in a lot of different places. Um, but the only genre that I never really fell into was rock over like this duration of like listening to so many different types of music. Um, the closest thing I had to a punk influence was Juice World. whenever like my junior and senior year. Um, I really fell in love with him and like his unreleased music. Um, and so I, I'd never been to a show, never been to a concert after time goes on. Literally, guys, today is like the anniversary of the day I went and saw Juice World in, in person, in concert. Wow. Um, wow. And it changed my life forever. Uh, it, today's the, the day that I decided to start making music. And today's the day that my, my perspective was changed. And uh, I got to go see Juice in, in concert. and But his music gave me a lot of inspiration. Even six months into me signing with Travis, I was really leaning on Juice World. It wasn't until I had like an, an awakening um, kind of again, or, or a humbling, some I would call it, uh, that I really dove into this this punk genre, more rooted punk even. Like my fa- one of my favorite bands is The Descendants, you know? And uh, it's like, and that now I'm really into like Kenny Hoopla and he, he loves the band like the drums. Um, so like it's just ranges, you know, I listen to Finch, which is like almost like an industry, like no one really knows them, like <laughs> the fans don't, but then everyone knows them at the same time. So it's like these this weird yeah. dynamic. I love Silverstein, but I also love artists like like Kenny, like he's my favorite artist of all time right now. Well, talking about uh, punk, I'm gonna have to get you a mixtape with Misfits, Danzig, uh, Black Flag, Minor Threat. <laughs> You got to, dude. I'm like, I remember it was funny too because uh, I was on my way to the Think About Me music video, and uh, I Travis had told me about the Descendants, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. and um, <laughs> and if I was like, maybe I should listen to him because I was wearing a shirt, like a Descendants shirt, in my music video, right? I, I bought in Vegas. I'm like, maybe I should listen to him, right? On my way there, I listened. I turned on the Everything Sucks album, and um, that I was like holy fuck so that started like a whole nother wave and the whole the whole premise of this story is i'm 20 and i just hit my punk phase you know like like i just hit this this time of my life where like i really connect to all of this music i really connect to the lifestyle that comes with it and most people would kind of get mad at that because they're like oh i went through that when i was in middle school and i'm like well like i don't think (laughs) that's like the most punk thing you could do is like whenever however you know and travis is talking a lot and uh he's also taught me that punk's always been cool and uh i'm not making it cool again he made that very clear it's always been cool i'm not making it cool again i'm just reminding people <laughs> that it's right. always exactly hey and, and i'll send you my uh poison foreigner mixtape right after uh he sent you the misfits mixtape <laughs> yeah we'll get, get, get you def leopard too 
Oh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> we'll, we'll go real classic rock. Um, the album is focused a lot on what was going on with you in your mental state, suicidal uh, thoughts and stuff. Talk to me about that and actually, you know, opening up and, and telling the world about it. Because I think it is, an, well, no, I don't think. I know it's an important message because that's one of those where you, you have these thoughts quietly in the corner and you feel like you're alone and nobody else feels this way. And when you hear other people say, hey, I felt this way too, you go, really? Plus, yeah. I am normal. Oh. Exactly. Um, like, I, I think mental health is probably the number one thing has an impact on my life daily like uh yesterday i even had kind of like a, a moment where i learned more about myself you know and what i've been going through um i've started to go to therapy because i, I realized that um not talking about your, your your the things that you're thinking about can really be harmful to you you know and um, right. i've dealt with mental health since my senior year of high school i right. thought it was fake until then I think that's why it hit me so hard is I was kind of one of those people that was like, oh, like, just don't be sad, you know? Yeah, I'm a tough guy. Just suck it up and move on. Yeah, come on. Don't be a yeah, pussy. Right. Right. Yeah, don't, don't be a pussy. Exactly. And so, and then it, anxiety and depression hit me like a truck. And, um, like, I was just so unaware, unprepared. So I decided just to, like, not let that happen. You know, I'm very analytical and, like, um, I'm very hyper aware of, like, what's happening around me and, like, what's going on in my head. And so for a while, I thought I could handle it on my own. Um, and then I realized, oh, it just makes it worse. And so um, I've gone through like struggling with like drug addiction with it. I've gone through like like sex addiction, addiction, like things like that, you know, trying to fill this void of like what I'm just trying to get, make myself feel normal. And then I finally got to a point um, where I started putting that into my music, um, like because all that was happening before I really became an artist. And then I finally got to express myself through my music. And uh, I just started to change, you know, um, I went, I got arrested. That was like a big moment for me in my mental health, not telling people to get arrested, but for me, it made me like, <laughs> it's a game changer. Sometimes that's what people need. <laughs> yeah. And for me personally, I needed it. It made me hit rock bottom. I was like left alone with just myself in the cell. And I realized like, I didn't like who I was left with. So um, I wanted to do the things that I, I could do to help myself. And above all, like the whole reason I'm making music is is because uh, I really care about people. And I know what Juice World did for me. Um, he was just strong enough to be vulnerable in his music and make it catchy still, you know, make it something yeah. that I could hold on to uh, that connected literally millions of people, um, unified them in a way that only music can, you know. And so after that moment at the Juice World concert, um, I was like, I have to try this. And so I did. And I told myself, I'm only going to do this if I'm meant to do this. And every time I, it comes to it, it, it seems like that's what I'm meant to do. So um, especially after this last show and the response I've been getting, uh, people are actually getting my message from my music, which is crazy because I, I, I dreamt of it happening, but I never thought people would ever actually understand um, because music is a lot of music is super shallow, you know, and um, my music music is not and um i'm really excited that people understand the distinction it's been a blessing well you know it really does become therapy through music in a way because it's like you know like everybody else when you're feeling down in the dumps and feeling like shit it's like you put on your favorite song by your favorite band and you're completely taken away from M all music is is a catharsis absolutely is um Jay, let me just quickly ask you this since you mentioned therapists because I, I know a lot of folks they go to a therapist and they go oh it doesn't work they're horrible but it's always about finding the right one you have to find the one that matches with you how were you able to do that? 
Um, honestly, relationships. Like I've learned that relationships is the biggest currency. Like I've gotten further in my life with knowing the right people than doing the right things. Um, because I think that, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Actions can only do so much, you know, um, it, as much as people think it's really about creating a good relationship with people that you can trust. So I got to over time, I tried therapy in high school. I like medication fucked me up. So I understand that whole scene. And everyone's like, oh, I made me worse. I get that. Mm. But I'm at a place now where I actually want to get help, you know? Yep. So um, that's, that's half the battle. That's half the battle, you know? And, and when you really don't want to get help, you're not going to. Yeah. Um, when you don't want to get better, you probably won't. It, it will be a much harder for you. So um, I got to a point where I was like, I really want to be healthy before I go on tour. Um, I started talking to different people and I found this fantastic lady that what she does for me is makes me feel like she actually understands what I'm going through, you know? Yeah. And that's all someone really needs. Like you said, it, I feel like she actually, she believes me, you know, <laughs> like talking about mental health, talking about these things, you say it to people and no one knows what to say because right. they're either they're going through it or they just are like taking right. off guard. And, and you have to give yourself to the process. If you refuse to give yourself to the process, it won't work no matter how good the therapist or the drugs are. It just won't. Totally. That's and the true. cool thing is that we live in a world now where it's like, like, you know, when he and I were in high school, it was totally bullshit to talk about mental health and all. But now it's, it's totally yeah. cool. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. Listen, when I was in high school, it was, oh, shut up and pick it up and go, go do some push-ups and follow, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Throw some dirt on it, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now, and, and it also has to be careful because I think a lot of people have started to glorify like mental issues, not necessarily like uh, the different things because like social media becomes like, I, I, oh, I'm depressed. And like, I think people should be really careful about what they say to who, and you know, and just be, just be careful about what you yeah. wish upon yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, because it does get to it. Like I, I actually literally wrote this in one of my songs, No Vanity. Um, I wrote, I think I'm addicted to the feeling of depression. And it's because that's what happens, you know? It's like a place yep. to sit. It's a place to categorize yourself and kind of take the pressure off of like, at least feel like you know who you are. Um, but that's what therapy is supposed to do. Instead of like glorifying the illness itself, um, find someone that you can connect to and you can, oh, I go to this therapist, like oh, I'm, do I'm dealing with this. Like I'm learning about, um, a bunch of different things like recently um, I've been uh, understanding like different um, you know there's a lot of different mental uh, illnesses that are out there and for me personally I think I, I'm struggling with very specific ones like recently I've been uh, looking at uh, PPD which is paranoid personality disorder um, I'm actually going to a psychologist pretty soon to figure out what's going on and it's not because I want to be trapped by that but me knowing that that happens to other people, you know, other people are, are associated with this helps me feel like I'm not just crazy, you know, and that's how a lot of people feel. Um, so it's really about, yeah, it's about trial and error. Also, just be open um, and be honest. If you go somewhere and you really don't like it, then be honest, tell somebody and don't do it. But uh, always be looking for the next day, always be looking for the next uh, moment. Totally. That's why I like bringing Mitch LaFawn in this with his Masters of Psychology, because we get nice and deep in conversations like this. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. The Masters of Psychology helps. Well, yes, I know we, we got to wrap up, but uh, just real quick, that Fender box behind you, what's going on back there? Is that a new guitar or something? Or Oh, this is a great story. All right. I'm going to hide it real quick. Okay. So this is the thing with Travis. Travis doesn't do things like, like, I don't know what the word is. 
um, underwhelmingly, let me say. Okay. He always goes above and beyond, right? Right. Um, I'm, I'm like walking out of the studio yesterday and he's like, just, he's so nonchalant. He's just the coolest guy ever. I really can't even cap. Like he really is just the coolest guy ever. We're walking out he's like, oh, those are your gifts for the album. And it's literally just like 10 boxes of like, they're giant. They're just huge boxes. And he was like, I was like, what is it? He was like, oh, it's just like a bunch of guitars and stuff. And like, he's like, 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 like the nicest things ever. So I was like, I'm going to pick one because I was writing with my manager. Um, we didn't have room. And I grabbed his box and it's a signature Billy Eilish ukulele. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> That's nice. fantastic. That's there a you. great gift. Dude, look. Wow. Tiptoe through my uh, tiptoe through the tulips is what we play on ukulele. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice, sounds great. That is fantastic. That's the way to go. Yep. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get out of here. Tell me about tomorrow's available now where music sold. Make sure you go see him on tour this fall alongside Machine Gun Kelly and a bunch of solo dates as well. And hopefully, get to see you in Montreal and we'll do this in person next time. It was so great to meet you, man. Great yeah. job. And thank you guys so much. Y'all uh, have a blessed day. All right. Yep. Uh, all right. My daughter's a big fan. She loves you. All right. Tell her. I appreciate that. Like, I really do. I hope that, that she'd come to the concert soon. She will. I'll yep. make sure to take her. We'll be yeah. there. Yeah, dude. All right. See you guys. See you later. Cheers.